Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be about the Bad Juju Quest, what I thought of it. I'll also include a little bit of a review about the weapon. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live right now. If I'm not live, you can always follow the channel, follow me on Twitter, or hit like and subscribe here on the YouTube. That helps me out. And really appreciate everybody who comes and contributes to the Q&A sessions. Thank you for doing that. So this quest kind of lands on the game with moments of triumph i went into the triumphs in the previous q a session and you could immediately see that there was a bad ju- the bad juju was back one of the triumphs said to get the 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 outbreak and i forget the other one and then the bad juju and it was like oh wow the bad juju's back in the game so and then bungie tweeted and said go see werner so if you're curious how to get it started that's how you get it started uh we are whisper yeah whisper outbreak and bad juju were whispered on, we're on the triumph we're like well i guess bad juju's back and uh, they told you, yeah, go see Warner. You go see Warner. You get an invitation to see Callus. Then you can go to the Hall of Tributes, which is on Nessus, right next to the current raid, Crown of Sorrow. So you go in there, and there's a, you know, there's all this stuff to do, and you can spend currency to get these tributes. You can get tributes from doing certain triumphs. The more tributes you have, the more little statues show up in the Hall of Tributes. And then once you get 45 tributes, which will take a while for lots of people, you can get the catalyst for the bad juju. Uh, before you get to that point, obviously that many tributes, once you get to like 18, I think, I think it's 18 tributes in the room, you open up the quest, the, the, I'm sorry, the mission to go and do it. Okay, so that's essentially what it is. That's essentially how you get it. So I'm going to give you my thoughts on the structure, the mission and the gun. It's 20. I went and checked my triumph and it said I had 18 in the room and I had already opened the quest. So I could be wrong on that. It's 18 or 20. I thought it was 20 as well. But then when I went to my triumphs, it said I had 18. So more people in chat are saying 18. Yep, 18. I thought so. I was like, I had 18 and I had already done the mission. So clearly uh, that's the number. Okay, so structure. The structure. Uh, I like that it got right to it. You just went to Werner, you opened the chest, you got an invitation to the Hall of Triumphs, like they just, you know, the Hall of Tributes or whatever. You go right into it, you know. I I know some people might have been a little bummed. This wasn't like a mystery. There was no mysteriousness to it. There was no secrets. Uh, but I'm okay with that. I think it, this was this was a unique way of doing it and, and putting it where they did it. The Tribute Hall, I think, is a really great addition. It's also a shooting gallery if you want to test weapons in there. You can go and you can... You can, like, spawn these enemies, and then you can practice, you know, shooting them with weapons, and obviously you can go further back and test range differences and things of that nature, which is pretty cool. We've asked for a shooting range for a long time, and they kind of gave us one combined, you know, and added in, in into this tribute hall where you can spawn the enemies. You can spawn ammo, too, and super energy back in the main area. If you haven't realized that yet, that can kind of help you if you're wanting to test out the weapons. The, the cost, though... The cost for the tributes is expensive. It's clear that that they're trying to they're trying to lure those of us with lots of resources into spending all of them. I know somebody in chat this morning said that you know Bungie was quoted as saying resources are going to be more important in September. So maybe they're trying to kind of drain your stores during moments of triumph, kind of on the way to September. So the really hardcore players that didn't care about you know getting rid of all their resources just went as hard as they could to get the catalyst right away but you can lower the cost of the tributes over time for a day you can do four bounties a day don't do any more than that per account four per account to get a four percent discount daily 
on the cost of those resources. So by the time the thing's all said and done, I think people have done the math. It's like, you can get it up to like an 80% discount. So if you want to slow walk it, it'll be a lot cheaper to get the catalyst with time if you're, if you're you know, you're a dutiful guardian and you do your, your four per day per account. Remember, it's per account. Don't turn in more than four of those bounties from the statue because it will not award you that little thing, that little token for the discount. Now let's talk about the mission. The mission was quite a bit different than the Whisper in the Outbreak Perfected because it was not a timer and there was no jumping puzzles. I think some people were probably glad to see that. You know, this was obviously, this was structured a little bit different. You know, you there was, there was no mystery. There was no like, where is it? Where are we supposed to go? There was no clues. It was just, here it is. Start getting your tributes. Once you get enough tributes, then the little chest opens up. You got to get those little dogs to, to, like, all of them need to be in place. I think there's five dogs. Once they're all in place in the tribute hall, the little chest opens up and you can go into the mission. I really, really enjoyed the mission. I'm encouraging everybody to do it solo. I think it's really, really fun with solo because it actually brings a level of intensity and a level of difficulty when you're by yourself with a team it's probably not hard at all there are no darkness zones so if you die you can come right back so just enjoy playing it by yourself you know you can't really fail uh, but you can go for solo flawless. I almost got solo flawless because I got about halfway through it and I was like, I have not died yet. I wonder if there's something for solo flawless. And so I was being very, very careful, trying not to die. At the end, these shriekers spawned up in the trees and I kind of couldn't see them and I couldn't get away from them either. They shoot so fast. So I did die and I was kind of bummed about that. I went back and got it my, my third try. So I went back in, tried again, died, got physics into a wall by the ogre. And then I tried again and got it. You, I went in with the well. I went in with the you know healing rifts, and I used the bad juju. Bad juju combined with the well and Phoenix Protocol is actually really really strong. And so I always kind of had my super, and I always had those emergency buttons uh, to keep my to keep myself alive. I think the environment is great, and the intensity and the challenge is definitely there if you do it by yourself. And when you go for solo solo flawless, there's just like an extra layer of fun and difficulty. The really, really hardcore players are probably not going to feel like this is significantly challenging. But for the rest of us, I think running it solo and going for solo flawless is just an extra bit of fun that came along with this quest, and it does give you a triumph. Lastly, let's talk about the gun. We're hearing mixed reviews on the gun right now, and I think people are understating actually how good this weapon can be. There's also people that just refuse to take their mountaintop off because mountaintop has been discovered to be the strongest for DPS on bosses, and so they basically are like, I'm never putting any other kinetic weapon on. I understand that sentimentality. You don't always need to run maximum DPS. In past videos, I talked about how, you know, Midnight Coup and Icolos, why am I going to replace them since they're so, so good? And people are like, well, you don't have to, you don't have to. I'm not being a hypocrite here. I think there was a difference between running Midnight Coup and Icolos and running Mountaintop for maximum DPS in like a raid environment. You don't need to do that. But when you're going into meat and potatoes PvE content and strikes and nightfalls, you do feel a significant difference when you take off a really good primary and a really good secondary, like the Midnight Coup and the Icolos shotgun. So I don't think this is comparable to when I said, well, you don't have to run the strongest builds. When people would say that to me. You don't really always have to run Mountaintop, so I would really encourage people to like, loosen up a little bit, try some different builds, you might have some fun. The Lumina, the Outbreak Perfected, they're really, really fun weapons. And then, you know, the Bad Juju, 
especially when you combine it, I'm telling you, put Phoenix Protocol on, put down your well, it's really, really strong. Once you get the catalyst, it'll be even stronger, because you'll be adding some orbs for yourself on top of the super energy you get from kills. It seemed, though, like once ads got into the well itself, they didn't count for as much. You want to make sure and try and kill the ads before they get into... Uh, into the circumference of the well. I also think it's really, really great to have something that gives super energy back because they just, you know, they just recently nerfed Skull and Riggs and Phoenix, and prior to that, they nerfed the the, uh, Shards of Galanor. So I think it's really nice now to bring this back. More than likely, this is part of the reason why they nerfed those exotics, because if you would have paired those exotics with this weapon, you would have had even more supers than you already had. I mean, Skull was broken, but Riggs and Phoenix and shards of Galanor probably would have made it to where you were just never without your super, and that just kind of hurts the rhythm of combat. It makes it a little too easy. And then they have to make content for that super that super consistency, like they did in Reckoning, kind of how they did with the Delta scaling in the heroic menagerie you basically have to run certain supers and set yourself up in a way where you always have them that kind of content gets kind of boring so i think this weapon coming to the to the meta more than likely was part of the equation when they decided to nerf some of those weapons because they're like look bad juju's on the horizon we cannot have bad juju paired with the efficiency of these exotic pieces of armor that allows you to constantly have your super back. Now, if you think about this weapon and the Lumina, they could really start to lean towards building a role for yourself, a support role, or in this case, a more self-sustaining role, like you're, you're generating your own super constantly, keeping it up, but you're not necessarily maximizing DPS. Like if someone in your group is running Tractor Cannon and you want to run your Spike Nade Swarm Grenade Launcher from Iron Banner, that's great for DPS. That frees you up to maybe run the Lumina. Maybe you want to run the... Maybe you want to run the bad juju because you're going to run that with your well and constantly have a well for your team. These are ways that Bungie can start to lean into the RPG sort of MMO style of the game where you fulfill a role for your team and that's really satisfying because right now we were filling roles for our team with exotic armor, but they're introducing weapons that allows you to fulfill that role in a greater sense with the Lumina, with the bad juju. We could start to see more weapons like that come into play because up until this point, most of the time you're using an exotic weapon in Destiny, it was for DP. Yes, but we can start to use exotics for other things, healing our teammates, generating our own supers, and they could start to get even more creative with maybe tank effects that make you resilient to damage. So if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can always catch me live, twitch.tv slash say no to rage. As with all my content, appreciate listening and watching. Please like, share, and subscribe. Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be a question and answer session that came after my talk about the Bad Juju Quest as well as the weapon itself. If you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, you can probably catch me live right now. Twitch.tv slash say no to rage. I'm probably live. If I'm not, you can follow the channel. You can also hit like and subscribe on YouTube. That helps me out. Let's jump right into the questions. We've been trying to go through the questions a little bit faster, which is why I'm doing less gameplay during these sessions. Uh, I know folks on YouTube might not like that, but I imagine if you're watching an hour long, a 40 minute to an hour long video on YouTube, you're not really watching the gameplay anyway. You're probably just listening. So first question from Robbie Hamburger. Would you have preferred to have the Bad Juju quest have a timer like Whisper or Outbreak and have the Catalyst hidden behind a heroic version or have it as it is now? I think it was fine for them to break that cycle because if they would have done it a third time, it would have been like, well, every time a secret exotic lands in the game, it's going to be a timed jumping puzzle mess where, you know, you got to you gotta run it a couple of times before you even get to the boss. 
because you just run out of time you don't know where you're going and then you know the heroic version for the catalyst I think it was fine to break the cycle it gives them some freedom going forward if they want to do more secret quests if they want to do more mysteries surrounding exotics coming back I think this gives them a little bit more leeway people are going to be expecting it every single time if it was the third time's a charm kind of a thing especially considering they have Whisper and Outbreak Perfected and Juju all included in a triumph together they're kind of seen as you know on the same playing field so as much as I loved Whisper and the Outbreak Perfected mission I thought this mission was great again I liked it solo I thought it was more intense by myself it, it, part of me feels like they should have made it solo like you go to the tribute hall solo you go into the mission solo like I just I don't know I feel like they should have set it up that way and that would have been what would make it unique and that would have been really really helpful um, to, to the people that don't have a crew they'd be like oh they finally made something for us I, I'm not going to die on that hill but I really thought the mission was intense and very very fun solo especially going for solo flawless so uh, acidic acidic I have been away for a week coming back home soon are the tributes hard to complete it depends if you're going to buy them they're really expensive uh, if you're going to buy them. So if, if you've got a bunch of you know resources saved up, you'll, you'll be able to get it really, really quickly like a lot of people. But if you want to wait and, and slow walk it, you can add a 4% discount every day. Don't complete more than four of those bounties, or at the very least, if you complete them, don't turn in more than four per day per account. It's per account. So don't turn them in. You won't get, after four being turned in, you won't get the discount. you got to wait until the next day. So, you know, by the end of the event, you can have an 80% discount, and you could probably do it a lot quicker. Uh, so you can slow walk the catalyst, you know. And by the way, if you guys are new to the stream and you've been enjoying the conversation so far, hanging out this morning with us, remember to hit that follow button. That's the heart button. That's a free way to support the stream. Next question is from Equipment. Do you think Bungie went a little overboard with the amount of trophies you need to place and how expensive they are? No. As I just said, you can slow walk it. For those that want to play it more casual, they should maybe make it a little bit more clear that you cannot complete more than four of those bounties uh, per account. Um, Somebody in chat saying, I got 7% yesterday somehow. If it was four per character, I think that'd be fine, but then that would be 12% per day, which means it wouldn't take you very long to get a really, really high discount. I think in their mind, 4% per day for the duration of the the remainder of the season would be a really great way for you to slow walk the discount. So I think it's a great structure for hardcores who have a saved-up currency. If you want to blitz it and spend all your stuff, go for it. If you want to slow walk it, you can as well. And I think the way they've set it up actually trickles down very well. Paul Tassie thinks it's bugged. I love Paul, but I think he just needs to maybe read the description because it says right on it, um, it says, you may claim only four rewards per day from bounties offered by the Visage of Callus. Like, I mean, it says it right on there. You can only claim four per day. Now, maybe Paul's saying it's supposed to be per character and it's not, and he may be right, but given that the percentage discount applies account-wide, I think that reward claim, like, text also is saying account wide you can only claim four to per day um so you can actually get nine percent a day just do three on each character oh is that how people are bypassing and getting more three three per character i mean dude for science for science i can do it right now i did not do four on each character i got the boon of opulence so I can go right now and get more. So apparently you can maximize right now by not doing four per character, do three per character. That's 
actually really interesting information. I did not know that. So there you go. We'll go to the, we'll go to the actual place and see um, if it lets me actually turn it in because it did give me the boon. It's Styles official. I've been away from D2 since the Menagerie first opened. What should I do first? If you if you just jumping back in, I would go to Werner and do your quest to get to 690 first. Um, so that's what I would do. Yeah, I can do Tithe of Opulence. So right now, I just upped it to five. So you can go beyond four per day. Just don't do four per character. I did not realize that. So I could get it up to six. One of my guys could probably do another one, and then we could get it up to six. I don't want to do the... the what are the other ones? The other two are like Gambit and Crucible, aren't they? Um, oh, public events in Dreaming City without dying. Yeah, we could do that a little bit later, but then we're, we're, we're not going to be... Uh, I could probably do these during Q&A, I guess, and see if I could pull it off. Like, attach myself to somebody's public event and just kind of, like, hang out. I'm not going to, uh... (laughs) I am not going to uh, do the Gambit one, though. So, we'll see what we can do here. Oslik Prime says, Did Bad Juju hit the perfect balance of hardcore casual player geared questline? Took a while, lots of resources to unlock the quest. I wish I would have messed it... I wish I would have mentioned this in my talk. I wish I would have mentioned this because I think this is actually really good input. I think they did a very good job of rewarding hardcore players with basically what amounts to a shortcut and giving the more casual players um, the more casual players can then, you know, slow walk it and get the discount over time. So I actually think that you could you could really make that argument that they've done, I think, an excellent job with setting this up in a way where everybody can kind of feel like yeah man i you know i'm i can kind of get in there and and get it done and not feel like i'm uh i'm completely left in the dark as a casual but then as a hardcore player you're also kind of getting a reward too cuz it's like you know what i can uh i can slowly work on this over the next couple of weeks get these bounties done get that discount going and uh and then you're you know you're good to go so i think i think they got a good balance between casual and hardcore i think that's really good input i wish i would have included that in my talk and yeah to the people in chat the audio video desync is not me um i've been streaming for four years i know how to have an audio mic video sync up it's something that chrome does you can turn off hardware acceleration and it should uh it should help sometimes you just have to refresh as well was the quest way too quick? No, because again, as we just said, it, it depends on how many resources you have, obviously, honestly, and that's the difference between hardcore and casuals. The Mr. Casper, in your opinion, is SE2 right now better than any time the whole Destiny franchise? This is tough to answer because Age of Triumph was really enjoyable. Age of Triumph was phenomenal, but a lot of what made Age of Triumph good was nostalgia. I don't know if you could say Age of Triumph was like objectively good because if you didn't like raids or you didn't really have any attachment to the raids like let's say you came in during Rise of Iron or a little bit after Taken King then Age of Triumph would be like a little less cool for you maybe it would be cool for you I don't know because maybe you, oh now there's a reason to go run those raids that I never ran I don't know but right now Destiny 2 if it's if it's not in the best place that the franchise has ever been it's about to be they're really freaking close 
to being in the best place the franchise has ever been. So much to do, so much to grind for, so many activities, so much relevancy, and they're stretching it out really, really well. They're really meeting the hobbyists on the landscape, and they're being smart about casual players with Menagerie, with the Juju Quest. Like they're doing, they're doing a very, very good job. So I think they're setting themselves up very, very well for September to really jettison them beyond to any heights they ever hit in Destiny One. I think once we get into September, it'll be undeniable that we have hit, we have hit new heights in Destiny. There's just so much more to do. Because Age of Triumph, if you weren't running raids, there was nothing else to do in Destiny, pretty much, other than Trials. So, if we're not there, I think we are there. But if you don't think we're there yet, I think we're about to be, honestly. Uh, Silly Rabbit. Is the Tribute Hall quest account-wide, or do I need to spend more material to access bad juju? No, no, it's account-wide. So anything you buy and do in there applies account-wide. Like, every how many tributes you put in there, it's, it's, it's for your entire account. Gray gray wolf i think what's your favorite gun in destiny 2 honestly i think it's the cold heart i just love the cold heart it's i think it looks cool it sounds cool i think it's underrated i think people forget how strong it actually is i love using it in content that's unfamiliar because i think the ammo economy and versatility and strength of the weapon is great when you're going into an area where you don't know what the optimum build is like if you don't know what the optimum build is then run cold heart because it's strong it's great against a variety of enemies a variety of shields the the extended duration damage buff that it gets, the way that it looks, there's so much about that weapon that I love. And Finn's like, not the Warden's Law. No, I would put Coldheart above Warden's Law because Coldheart's been been here uh, since the beginning, and I think it's just a fantastic weapon. I think it was one of the ones that really took the game forward with creativity, and it's one of the reasons why I consistently say we really, really, really want to see the uh, trace rifles get uh, legendary treatment. I would love to see legendary treatment. Uh, for trace rifles because you know more trace rifles would be awesome um, and I love to see this many people shooting the blight it makes this it makes this 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 event is so much faster when people play it this way this is gonna be amazing people that play this one and wait until the extra the extra the extra like blights or whatever what we just did proves that that is the most efficient way to do it if there are people around that know what they're doing that is the fastest public event in destiny you can't do anything faster than that heroic first blight boom done in probably less than 60 seconds so uh i would love yeah i would love legendary trace rifles because i just think cold heart this is what cold heart does better than virtually any other weapon in the game cold heart brings the futuristic feel to destiny we need more fusion rifles trace rifles linear fusion rifles stuff like that you know what i'm saying like that's what we need we need more future weapons and we don't have enough futuristic weapons um we need we need way more futuristic weapons because futuristic weapons are what make destiny special like right now there's just so much shotgun hand cannon so much shotgun hand cannon it just you know and there's nothing wrong with shotgun hand cannon but it it just ends up feeling like what are we really doing right what are we really doing are we playing just a classic shooter and this is one of the reasons why i've just really always wanted them to do that just bring bring the futuristic stuff into the game more um especially considering we just we have so many weapons that are just basically right out of other shooters Um, and that would be, I think, a great way to really continue to make this game have this distinct, more distinguished feeling from other shooters is with futuristic weapons. And I think trace rifles, uh, I want to see more linear stuff. Like I would love to see a rail fusion. So it would shoot like the rail gun from, um, from quake two and quake three. Uh, I would love to see that. 
I would absolutely love to see them do more uh, more stuff like that. I think it would be amazing. Okay, right there, I didn't get one. So there must be something that's triggering it. So we, I, I've not done four on this character. It's not possible. It's my hunter. So apparently maybe two per is the trick or something. I don't know. I don't know. That's a bit of a bummer. So we'll go back to orbit. We're not going to bother doing that on my other characters because apparently... Uh, it's totally random bug by the looks maybe being in orbit helps because I turned it in in orbit maybe I don't know I turned it in when I was in orbit maybe that helps for some reason I have no idea yeah that's a bummer the text does say you can only do four per day so maybe that text is trying to apply itself and it's not applying itself consistently maybe the actual bug is getting more than four maybe that's the bug so the inquiry do you think we will ever revisit old raids and raid weapons year one d1 is an example i would love the mythic class return additionally do you like when we get return old stuff or are you only wanting new stuff new or old stuff i don't really care as long as it's fun and the gear is cool i would love the old raids to come back but i don't know if they're going to waste the time on it given that raids get a low percentage of engagement across the board from the community and i don't know how much time they're going to want to spend dragging that stuff forward because it's it's been said that it's been said that that's actually kind of a difficult thing for them uh, to do. So we'll have to you know we'll have to wait and see if that's something they want to do in the future, or maybe with you know maybe with the 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 nightmares on the moon in September, we'll we'll just fight those enemies again like Crota, but we're not going to go into the actual raids themselves. Twenty nine months from Herdzo, thank you. TX Doom gifting us up to XPZ, thank you for doing that. Uh, Baja 75 does the quest for any weapon feel balanced or do you feel quest tailor to the I've got time to do this gamer uh, some more subs coming in um, gifting a sub to Jaymore. thank you Robbie and Ronaldo thank you guys for gifting subs that's very very kind um, I actually have already kind of addressed this question I think that this quest did a very very good job catering to everybody you again could take a shortcut if you're a hardcore player with tons of resources and if you're not you can kind of slow walk it three months from tokyo express welcome back um favorite oh this person knows me favorite non-eris npc and why excellent question probably the drifter i love his voice how you live in hot shot i just i don't know i love his attitude i love his demeanor if not him then spider Spider brought such a great presence to Forsaken, especially when he describes all of the barons and the, and the playing cards are dropping. That's one of the most well-crafted cinematic scenes in all of Destiny. It really adds this Western revenge feel to Forsaken. I loved what that brought to us, you know, avenging Cade. Uh, so, yeah, if not Drifter, then Spider. I, there, I think those are some of the best acted, you know, characters in the game. I know everybody loves Nathan Fillion in Cade Six, but I'm telling you, Eris Morn is unmatched. Like what she brings to Destiny is unmatched. And then obviously after her, I probably would pick Cade. But then, you know, once you look at once you look at Drifter and Spider, I think you've got a really good a really good bar that's been raised for solid NPCs, voice acting, and character development. Perfect Wolf with the next question. Mark in an article stated that the economy, oh, that the company wants people to marry Destiny. No, I know what you're, I know what quote you're talking about. Do you believe the game is in a good enough position for it to be the main game people play? Yes. Yes. I, like, I was talking to somebody at, it was 30 and so gaming, I think, at uh, Guardian Con. He said that he's been wanting to grind Dauntless, but 
he hasn't been because Destiny's in such good shape he's just grinding Destiny and that's what they want I mean they want you to feel like and what he says there is Destiny's not a game you play after another game you're not like well I'm grinding Elder Scrolls Online or I'm grinding Dauntless and I play Destiny in my spare time Destiny's your main game and you play other games in your spare time and that's what they want and I really do think that they're in that place right now Unfortunately, Menagerie patch might make people not feel that way as strongly as they did in weeks past. That's why I'm going to continue to really hope that Bungie will do a compromise on that. Um, Because I do think they really hurt that activity. And I understand it was a glitch. And I understand you want people to get things too fast. But I do think there's there's an easy middle ground that they could could fight for. Um, So... And Tunica, what are your thoughts on a lot of the recent exotics having fairly easy quests behind them? Disagree. I think they're becoming too easy to get personally. They should feel rare and exotic. As it stands, many pinnacle weapons have more involved quests behind them. The sweeper quests seem to be have a happy medium. Outbreak Perfected was not easy. Whisper was not easy. You're watching streamers. Uh, you're watching streamers. And I think that that uh, is, is a misrepresentation sometimes of the experience that you know that you see people have because you see it just happen really really quickly there the the amount of people that got juju really quickly compared to the amount of people that are going to get it slowly and not as easily i think there's way more people that would read what you said and be like are you kidding me whisper and outbreak perfected and juju were not easy to get i think they're in a nice middle ground you can't watch the top 1% and base your opinion off of that. If you watch, like the Lumina, if you watched me get the Lumina, come on, man, that's not normative. I had so many people come up to me during Guardian Con, and they're like, dude, I saw you get Lumina day one, I was so jealous, I still haven't gotten mine yet. That person that came up to me and said that, they're the community, they're the normative player, they're the more common experience. I don't think the exotic quests have been easy up to this point. I, I do think you're viewing this through a very slanted perspective. Um... You're talking from experience, not streamers. Right, but if you're here in my stream and you're saying that, I think you're in a small percentage, my friend. That's not a slam. I think you're I think you're a more hardcore player. And I think that's slanting your opinion a little bit. I would I would wager to say I would wager to say 80, 70 to 80 percent of the community does not feel the way that you feel about the exotic quests. They may feel that they're manageable, but I don't feel I don't feel most of the community is gonna land in agreement with you and say, oh, they're too easy. Um, so, and cause people that hang out on Twitch, Twitter, YouTube, Reddit forums, you're not, you're not casuals. You're in the mix. You're in the conversation. You're a hardcore player. Even if you only play a couple hours a night, your sentimentality is hardcore, which means you probably have decent resources stored up. You probably have decent friends list to play with and push through things. Um, you know, and whether it's easy, short, long, difficult, you know, whatever, I think they've had a really, really good mix of quests for exotics. When you compare Lumina to Arbalest to Izanagi to, you know, the Whisper to Outbreak, I think there's been a really, really good mixture and a lot of good variety. And I don't want to give them any. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna take any, any, uh, any marks away from them. I think they've done a phenomenal job creating unique environments and creating fun experiences you're it's almost a story that leads to the gun and i'm fine with it i really can't come at them very hard with criticism about these exotic quests up to this point because i do think they've done what i consider to be a pretty good job and if your comeback is well they're exotics they should be really really difficult they should be really really challenging to get that's where i'm just going to kind of say does that really matter like is it a to me 
a fun experience to get the weapon the journey to get the weapon being kind of fun and unique I think is more important than kicking people's teeth in to get an exotic you know that's just that, that's my opinion obviously we can have differing opinions on that defo side hey Lono what items are we supposed to dismantle before next season you were talking about it not too long ago um I don't remember what I was talking about when I said this I think if you're saving Eververse armor because you think it looks cool, you can delete it because it'll be an ornament next time. Uh, shaders you can delete. Anything bright dust-oriented, ships, etc. You'll be able to pull those out of the collections and it won't cost anything. Pro- I was probably talking about anything Eververse related to maximize your bright dust. Evil the Waffler. What's the difference between Moments of Triumph and Solstice of Heroes? Solstice of Heroes is probably going to be another quest line thing where we revisit missions that are really, really hard and we get a unique armor set that we can upgrade like last time. Moments of Triumph is to get an emblem, a ship, a sparrow, a shader, no, not a shader, uh, and a t-shirt, and it's like a commemoration of triumphs in the game. They're different. Commemorating triumphs in the game is not the same as um... It's not the same as you going on an actual Solstice of Heroes quest line with a specific armor set that you're upgrading. That's more than likely what it's going to be like, just like last time. A t-shirt is an IRL shader. <laughs> My gosh, there you go. Freebird TV. If I'm coming back to Destiny after a while, what is the best way to get my light up? See the NPC called Werner. He's on NP. He's on Nessus at the barge, or he's down in a new place uh, near the near the drifter uh if you go to the director and you go to the traveler all the way down here here's the drifter he's over here uh you can see him in the annex and get a quest from him that is a search quest that will get you to 690 it'll give you blue gear don't delete it don't delete it pay attention those are 690 pieces of gear and that'll get you right to 690 and then you can start jumping into the power grind in season of opulence which is probably the most intentional power grind we've had you'll just be short on resources for infusion so you're probably just gonna have to wear whatever they give you uh, if you want to be max power. A lot of the times you don't need to be max power, but if you're going to the menagerie, you probably want to be because it gets harder each time you complete a, you know, a boss within each encounter. So, but that would be the fastest way to level up. Death Paladin. What is the best way to attack the final encounter of the Ascendant Realm Juju quest with the Shriekers? Class exotic weapons. I liked running phoenix protocol with the juju and i went up top at the top of the stairs there's these big barricades you can hide behind it funnels the thrall really well for area effect grenades they'll just run into them or kill a bunch of them with your juju while standing in the well to feed your super shriekers can't really get you up there they didn't shoot me once i just slowly killed the boss from up there just be careful if you're using spike nade grenade launcher or 1k voices or something you're gonna get you know those offensive lineman blocks that uh, or I'm sorry defensive lineman blocks from the thrall they're going to jump in front of you and you're going to blow yourself up so just be careful make sure you're clearing the thrall before you really dig in and try to do some damage on the boss and that's how I got my solo flawless healing rift well of radiance was it worked really really well Lewis CPK says do you think we will see a light bump with solstice of heroes like last time to lead to shadowkeep I honestly felt like they're going to give us another 50 bump get us to 800 and then shadowkeep will take us to a thousand because that'll be a clean 200 jump with shadowkeep you know you go in at 800 um, and then that'll be a distinction between people that do new light and who don't new lights going to take people right to 750 folks who were dutiful and did solstice will be at 800 now they may not do that though they may want everybody going into new light and as well as shadow keep at 750 they may not do that but you know we'll see 
Uh, Evil Lava, you said there's a shooting gallery in the tribute hall. Where is it? It's where you, it's not just there automatically. Once you have the tributes on the left side and the right side, there's these right and left doors you go in. You can toggle the tribute and it spawns the enemy over and over after that point. Index. What would you pair with Juju as a secondary as Juju tickles orange and yellow bar enemies? Um, Cold Heart. Just kidding. You can't because it's an exotic. I would say a shotgun. I would say a shotgun or a really good fusion. Loaded question. Uh, Ikelos shotgun. Badlander. The, you know, things like that that punch and hit really, really hard. Obviously, you're at range with Juju, and it's got great hip fire though. So, the only thing about Recluse that I don't like is that you're running double primary, and I wouldn't want to. I don't want to run double primary. I don't. I, I. I can't stand doing that. But Juju's got good ammo economy, so I mean, maybe, maybe. I just. I would, I would prefer to not run double primary. I know that Recluse is really strong, so that's probably another fantastic loadout, but loaded question would be good. It gets a little bit better at range than like a shotgun. You don't necessarily have to barrel stuff that. So, uh, MXYK. Since the exotic arsenal triumph requires you to acquire Outbreak, Whisper, and Bad Juju, did this also give you a false impression that the other side mission would be equivalent size difficulty as the puzzles of Zero Hour and Whisper? I mean... I went in thinking when I was by myself, I was like, I'm probably going to get to a certain point where I'm like, all right, guys, let's let's get some other people in here. But since the timer never came up, I just kept pushing by myself. So I did go in with that expectation. That expectation not being met was not a disappointment for me, though. I was totally okay with it. It did not bother me. Um, I was totally fine with it. Because in my mind, again, as I said, if they would have done it a third time, if they would have done it a third time, it really would have, I think... It really would have pushed this idea that every time they do a quest like this, it, it absolutely needs to be set up in a way like those past ones as well. And to me, that would have painted them a little bit into a corner. This frees them up to be a little bit more creative every time they do a quest like this. Dr. Dirtle, with the upcoming armor changes and potential RPG elements that Bungie says are coming, do you think it is finally time that the PvE and PvP sandboxes are balanced differently? This question assumes something that isn't true, that they haven't been balancing separately. They have been balancing separately. You're either not reading the blogs or the, the, the patch notes, or maybe you don't think they're doing it enough. They have been balancing separately. They just recently did some buffs and tweaks to entire archetypes that were specific to PvE. Even the actual way that the Lumina applies the Noble Rounds. It's a different damage buff depending on where you are. It's a 35% damage buff in PvE. It's a 19% damage buff in PvP. So, they're already doing this. You might think they need to do it more. I think they're giving us the indication that they are going to do it more because a lot of their recent updates have been doing split changes between the two sides of the game. And the more they do that, the better because then maybe they can start to not always have to resort to nerfing a weapon but just tweaking it within PvP. Hey Shiz, it makes sense to have a vault and ammo tributes in the hall for the Juju mission, but it seems a little weird they're just uh, they're just for the mission. Do you think those tributes are hinting at something else going on in the hall besides the bad Juju mission? Yeah, it's a shooting gallery, so you can pull anything out of the vault you want to test on the enemies, and then you have plenty of ammo to do it. Gritter, do you think the return of bad Juju is also why Bungie may not have felt the need to uh, address the hurt to player numbers in Reckoning Tier 3 after they nerf the exotic armor supers. Do you feel bad Juju is enough to compensate for the lack of power in those armor exotics in Reckoning Tier 3? It depends on how quickly you can shoot those little black thrall because those guys, um, 
those guys are more than likely going to be feeding your super because if you run bad juju in a well and you shoot those guys you could probably keep your well going the whole time it's pretty quick feed on top of feed uh, on top of the, the the juju on top of phoenix protocol so listen reckoning sucks anyway like the the reward structure is not good and it's not it's not they're not really fun encounters so if they fix the reward structure i would probably go in there and grin and bear it but they got to fix the reward structure there's no intentionality i would love a doomsday grenade launcher and i would love the the uh the hand cannon but that just the 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 pathway the pathway to those items is just is just awful it just it's too low of a drop rate and they need to consider that if they're going to get anybody to start running reckoning ever again the reckoning the reckoning engagement has got to be in the absolute toilet i mean especially after menagerie came out but also the you know the way that they the way that they did those exotics as well i mean player base engagement numbers are very healthy right now 835,000 for pve is really good i mean anytime you're close to a million just in pve we're doing pretty strong uh 700,000 for for crucible but you got to go to guardian.gg to get a more accurate crucible number crucible number on guardian gg is 450,000 that's actually kind of low I, you know I, that that's that for how happy everybody is the only reason that might be low is maybe a lot of the classic maybe a lot of people that typically grind pvp are grinding pve because of how intentional menagerie was and then the new triumphs that could be why pve pvp is a little bit low 450,000 is kind of low for right now usually because like 450 pvp and like 850 for pve typically pve is not double pvp it is right now but again that could just because of people pivoting clay tongs how do you feel about the introduction of decoy supers or abilities to draw enemies aggro away from you while you're safe uh while you save your skin perhaps a duplicate of yourself made of light well, see, this is something they could do with how I said before, you could dig down on the attunements to make them different. Like, what if you could turn a healing rift into a decoy? So it's no longer giving you healing or DPS buffs, but it's giving you, like, an escape route. You go invisible, right? And it, like, maybe there's, like, a maybe there's, like, a pushback. Like, you slam the ground, and the decoy appears, and it kind of shoves you back a little bit and makes you invisible, so you don't take damage from whatever is attacking you. And then the decoy can kind of, like, draw aggro because that might be more effective than healing i don't know this could go in line with what i was saying like they could go into each attunement and say well you know let's make let's make knife trick in way of a thousand cuts have three different versions of itself you know that way you can run three different kind of ways with way of a thousand cuts a tank a healer a dps you know things like that dan papa says i doubt this would ever happen um but what do you think about being able to apply any ornament to any armor, hunter or titan or vice versa? I think you want to be very, very careful about this level of freedom because it can really start to hurt the identity of the game. Destiny is very much, if you're a titan, here's titan armor. I mean, this this applies in Diablo as well. When I was a druid in Diablo 2 and I could wear a wolf helmet, my friend was really, really jealous of that. But then he was a barbarian and he got this skull helmet that I was like, okay yours is better you know what I'm saying there's something special about that the paladin could get these insanely cool looking shields things of that nature I I think that there's something cool about that and it really would then promote people to have multiple characters multiple looks etc I don't think you want to go beyond that I think that level of freedom dilutes the identity of the of the characters and the classes and that's actually not good for games like this in my opinion I don't think that's good for the identity Evil the Waffler. I understand Bungie wants people to make money off of Eververse, but I'm beginning to feel 
it won't be as rewarding anymore for hardcore players and you'll have to buy the ideas what are your thoughts on this i'm okay with this if okay this is a big if but i i think they're going to satisfy this if if you're busy grinding things like if there's activities like the menagerie from here on out and there's loot pursuits and content loops that are like menagerie and season of opulence you're not going to care I have cared very little about Eververse this season, and I bet you people in chat right now that they're thinking about it are probably going to agree with me. They're like, you know what, he's right. I haven't really cared about Eververse when I pop those engrams when I check the story each week. I don't really care. I'm grinding for guns. I'm grinding for gear. That's where my focus is. And that's exactly how it should be. The Eververse should be a vanity, cherry-on-top condiment on the game that you go there, you want to buy something, dope. Get it. There's an internal currency in the game, so if you want to save up, you can save up. If you don't want to save up, use real currency. I'm telling you, if they make that split, it'll be a real, real healthy vanity store in the game that no one can complain about. If you've got plenty of stuff to chase in the game, you're not given two flips about, you know, ornaments and things like that. Those things come later. Those are, as I said, cherries on top. Like, they're not the main focus that you're that you're driving at. One of the main reasons up until now you're, like, really focused on a ship or an emote or an ornament or a sparrow is there just hasn't been enough things to chase, especially coming off a drifter. You know, there wasn't a lot of things to chase or even the things that you could chase. There was no direct access to them, no intentional grind for them. So that's one of the reasons I think a lot of people have just really felt that draw to being like, oh, I really want to get the Eververse items. And then they don't like the idea of that being like more of a purchase store in the... Um, you know, in in the in the in the game again, your your focus in a looter shooter most of the time, if the game is created properly, your focus is the loot. Your focus is the gear, not the vanity items. Mister Anderson, do you think the cost of materials to get stuff out of the game is getting out of control, or do you think it's okay? Well, you got to think long term here. The cost of resources for the the the, the tribute hall is intentionally high because there's a slow burn grind to get the discounts. It's not meant to be easy out of the gate to just be like Bing 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 bought everything. Sweet, bye, adios. It's they've set it up to be a grind, and you got to kind of zoom out to see that. If you're just in there day one, you're like, well, this is freaking stupid. What I can't grind all these materials. You're looking at it and you're looking at the through the wrong end of the telescope, right? Of course they don't expect you to go grind for all those planetary materials, because there's no quick way to grind for planetary materials. They expect you to grind the discount so that after a week or two, it's so much cheaper that if you do go grind for materials, you feel like it's an effective grind. You're like, oh, it's not gonna take me too long. Once you get like a 50% or up to the 80% discount or whatever. Because it's active until the end of August, as Salty Avengers saying. So zoom out, slowly work on it. It gives you something to set your sights on each day. Add that to your weekly grind. PGZ. Well, in this case, your daily grind. Uh, Chillabator with 15 months. Thank you. PGZ says, are these tributes the triumphs for this year? I'm confused. Well, moments of triumph is a separate thing. So you're probably blending these things in your mind and you don't need to go to triumphs and come down here to seals moments of triumph seal is MMXIX right it's a triumph seal complete these feats of strength before August 27th 2019 I'm at 17 out of 24 you click on this bad boy and then you work on all the things that are in here so right now I gotta do 6 more weekly challenges uh, 44 more bounties uh, a handful of strikes um, win a Gambit Prime match wearing a full no set of Notorious Armor, and then 
I gotta forge 10 black armory frames. The Gambit Prime one with a full Notorious set's gonna probably be kind of tough. I don't know if I saved enough pieces. Um, I might have to do some reckoning grinding. But, there you have it. That's your moment to triumph. That's that's a separate thing. And when you go in there and start hitting those PGZ, that's where the emblem comes from, that's where the ship and the sparrow comes from, and that's where the t-shirt comes from. Evil the Waffler. They didn't do a good job drawing your attention to that, by the way. Bungie should have maybe put like a little like, ding, 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 check this thing. Um, Evil the Waffler. Is it just me or is Glimmer the new rare item I always seem to be out of? What are your thoughts? How much you spend on items? Well, everything costs Glimmer and that's part of the problem. You're buying bounties? Glimmer. You're infusing? Glimmer. You know, you're, tr- you're fast traveling? Glimmer. I'm just kidding. But like, yeah, Glimmer is attached to too many things. Maybe that maybe they should get rid of the cap. I don't know. It's not that difficult to go to Spider and get more Glimmer most of the time. Sam Luke. Is there enough are there enough tributes available to buy to get the catalyst? Or will there be some extra grinding? There are there are tributes to buy that you can make cheaper with time, as I just said to the one of the previous questions. And then there are some I worked on some today. Go to Destination Triumphs, Minor go to tribute hall and then I did these I have uh there's three here for gambit that I don't think I'm gonna do maybe I'll do them off stream and then there's one for crucible and then there's a handful for the you know the raids that you can do to get more tributes but again the long term grind is that you you grind the daily bounties get the discount and purchase them once they're really really cheap more than likely that's what you're gonna be working for King D, did you think the Menagerie Triumph Hall is a waste of potential just having it only for the Juju? I mean, no, because that's not all it's for. It's a visual manifestation of your of your achievements in the game. I think it's actually kind of cool. I don't know what else you wanted them to do anything. It's literally called a Tribute Hall. So, given its title, I'm not really sure what your expectations were. Mine were that... I thought it was going to be like a, literally a hall and the further down the hall we went there was going to be like pictures or paintings or things on the wall that we were going to like unlock and once you unlocked it it would like fill in the painting that's what I thought they were going to do and so coming in here and seeing physical manifestations of what we've done and adding a shooting gallery element so I can go up here and I can refill my ammo at these three things here on the right I can refill my super on this little crystal right here. Uh, the over there is a, is my vault if I want to pull certain items out. That way I can try maybe different items if, if, if you're one of the people that is insane and doesn't play this game with Dim or Ishtar. And then, I don't know, like, the centerpiece, sure, right here with these dogs and the other side mission, yeah, but like, look at this. There's physical manifestations of things we've done in the game. Callus, Galrin, uh, some big book, uh, a chest and then oh I can put another one and then look at that look at the scourge of the past boss dude that's, that's just dope that, there's something cool about that and then over here will be Riven I'm sure Iron Banner you know a giant ghost I got Zavala and Ikora over here you know I don't know I, I'm, I'm confused I'm confused why you would look at this and think this isn't cool. It's cool, man. It's a, it's literally a tribute hall. It's a hall of your tributes, things you've done in the game. You know, I think it's neat. I don't know. A book. I'm dead. What is this for? Lore? It's a book. What is this for? Can you show the shooting gallery? 
Right. So off to the sides, okay? Off to the sides, you have um you can toggle these enemies. Now, well, you've obviously got to unlock them, right? You got to buy them and unlock them, and you can toggle them. So as I toggle these guys, they appear. So now if I'm like, here, let me test out this Badlander on this guy. I can test out how fast I can kill him with the Badlander. And then he respawns. And there he is again. Right? So maybe I want to test these spike nades on this guy. So I hit him. I, oh, I shot it right through his legs. Amazing. Hit him right there in the face. And then unload after. Well, they might want to patch that. He can teleport. That's kind of silly. Uh, <laughs> he teleported off his little stand. These captains are douches, even in the shooting gallery. So, um, there you have it. That is the shooting gallery. Uh, this side's all fallen. This side is all hive. Right here. That's all. That side is all hive. And then over here is the other side. Uh, this side is going to be cabal. And I'm just going to assume that this side will be vex and so you can practice your guns and test dps things out on them uh again this is significant for other reasons too callus is basically having us celebrate everything we've done inside his ship uh no scorn no the scorn aren't really a race i mean they are but they aren't more than likely it'll be the four main races and scorn will get left out so and Blindwell, yes, is currently uh, broken. Sorry to those that are trying to run it. There was supposed to be uh, there was supposed to be a, a hotfix last night, and it didn't it didn't work. Oh, I got a lore piece. Thank you for pointing that out. Lore piece behind the Iron Banner thing. So yeah, I, I don't know. I, to me, to me, I just I, I think this is cool, man. I, I think I think it's a little it's a neat little place. You know, it's 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 got some it's got some cool things in it. I, I kind of feel like I could get a really good uh, I could really get a good HUDless screenshot in here. Take my HUD off, and then we could probably get who should we get? Maybe Callus, Callus's statue, you think, or probably Galren. He looks cooler. He's kind of big, like right there. We'll make a good thumbnail right there. Got it. So, I don't know. I think it's cool. That was a long answer. Dr. Cleveland, do you think that with the repurchase of the DLC on each platform that you wish to play on to save going to her... Okay, do you think having to repurchase DLC on each platform you wish to play cross save is going to hurt the, hurt the feature? No. Buck up and pay up. I mean, it's so discounted. I don't even. I don't even know why this is like. It's so discounted. And by the time, dude, by the time we get to when they actually launch cross save, what you're gonna actually have to spend to have the whole game on PC is freaking peanuts, dude. Like, you're buying the game somewhere else. If you love, let's say that you love um, a non-free-to-play game. Okay, it's a non-free-to-play game. You just love it. Uh, Red Dead Redemption 2. You just freaking love it. It's so much fun. And then you've got some buddies that play on PS4 and they want to play online with you. And you got to buy it for your PS4. 
I mean, are you really gonna be like, well, I already bought it? Like, you, no, you bought it on the Xbox, and that's just been an understanding up to this point that when you buy the title on another platform, you gotta pay for it. You know, what are you gonna argue? Like, you know, what are you, what are you gonna argue with? You gonna argue with Naughty Dog? Not Naughty Dog. You're gonna argue with um. Gosh, who made Red Dead? Is it Naughty Dog? Anyway, you're going to argue with them and say, dude, I'm buying Red Dead Redemption 2 for my kids. And one has an, a PS4, Rockstar. Sorry, I jacked that up. Sorry, Rockstar. You and Naughty Dog make your dreams. Naughty Dog's is Last of Us. Uh, if, if, you, if you're buying Red Dead Redemption 2 for your son and your daughter, and one's got a PS4, and one's got an Xbox One, you would never argue that you should only have to buy it once. You'd be like, no, I gotta buy it twice. It's on two platforms. You know? It's just it's just the way that it goes. And it's so discounted. It's so discounted. There's no way it's gonna hurt the feature. Anybody who balks at this, I don't think this person exists. Somebody who plays Destiny so much that they want to bring all their stuff with them and they want to go to PC is going to balk at like probably a $20 purchase to have everything, right? Because Forsaken and the annual pass is is going to cost almost nothing by the time September rolls around. It's going to cost anything. New Light, you get the base game and all of year one for free. And then you got to buy Forsaken and the annual pass for, I mean, it's going to be peanuts. It's going to be like probably 20 bucks. I don't know, and they might even have a combo. I don't. If you want to, like, they might even have like a crossplay combo purchase option. You could be like, "Well, I'm coming over from console. Can you give me Shadow Keep with Year Two? Shadow Keep plus Year Two. That that would be that would be a good move for them to to, to give you. Like, this is for somebody coming from another platform. Shadow Keep is X number of dollars for an extra ten bucks. You will throw in Year Two. You know." Somebody in chat saying they bought the annual pass for $15. Yeah, I just... It's content. You gotta buy it. Like I said, buck up and pay up. It's not that expensive. It's not like they're raking you over the coals and be like, yo, you wanna come over to PC? Okay, it's gonna be $60 for the base game and then $40 for Forsaken and then another $35 for this. Like, they're not gonna charge you $135 to come to PC. They're gonna charge you practically nothing. That way that you just have everything. But that's just the way that it goes. Tismo. Would Bungie offering double or triple infamy for Gambit before the season is over? I have no idea if they're doing this. Uh, Rain the Dark. Is Shadowkeep sticking to the main story mission format from the previous expansions, or do you think they're going to forego it and jump immediately to the loopable content? No idea, but I'm going to tell you this. They're not going to bring Eris Morn back and just gloss over and not have quests and story. You don't bring back the, the the queen herself not the queen but like little q queen you don't bring her back and just like yeah here's the loopable content no there will be a story there will be cutscenes she's too good to just i mean they're good come on man there's got there's got to be some dope cutscenes and dope story and dope quest it's gotta be crazy trucks don't know if you've addressed this yet no dedicated servers yet this game's gonna drive players away uh through further years of uh peer-to-peer well, they can't rebuild the game right now to give you dedicated servers. So if that's make or break for you, I guess go play something else until Destiny 3 comes out. Because um, Destiny 3 is the only time that it's a possibility. There's no way they're doing it now. There's literally there's literally no way. Uh, so. Uh, for for Finalicious with Prime Sub, welcome. Thanks for using your Prime Sub here. 
uh, the cheese bucket. I don't know if someone asked this already, but do you agree that the bad juju quest was too easy? Already answered this question. I thought it was fine. Vlef, do you think the bad juju makes weapons like Huckleberry irrelevant? String of Curses does everything that the weapon does as well, but it causes more damage. That's without the catalyst. Uh, could this be considered power creep? Or are these weapons defined by the sandboxes they're introduced in? I think this weapon is specific enough, and I think there's enough other, you know, viable kinetic options and other viable exotic options that people might not want to run it all the time. Making other exotics obsolete is already happened. Huckleberry's outdone by the breakneck, and Huckleberry's outdone by, you know, Outbreak Perfected, probably. Huckleberry is outdone by the Recluse, and that's a pinnacle weapon. So I don't think Huckleberry is really, really even in good shape before Bad Juju shows up, so... OMG, it's Scoot. What is the percentage you get for Tribute Triumphs if you wear all weapons and gear from the Menagerie, like per-game Crucible Nightfalls? I don't have an answer to this question. I don't know. The Punisher. Do you think Celestial can one-shot both bosses in the Bad Juju quest? No idea. Try it out. Lord of Time. Are you a fan of having to spend so much resources at Tribute Hall? You can slow burn the discount, so you can you can mitigate that if you want to take your time. Rain the Dark. Is there anything specific that you are really excited about for Shadowkeep? The biggest thing I've wanted was cross save. Moving from Xbox to PC. Love the content. Homie, stay dope. You stay dope too, and Aeris Morn's the thing I'm looking forward to the most in September. Whirl, uh, Whirly Dervish. Don't you think that they'll add an open world activity where you can kill other guardians in Shadowkeep? Oh, do you think? I have no idea, dude. Probably not. They gotta revamp PvP before they start adding other PvP modes. Unheard AZM. Did you hear Fogoth sound at the end of the Bad Juju mission when the boss spawns? I love when Bungie puts in these subtle hints towards the next DLC. I'm expecting more coming. I don't understand how you could say that you heard Fogoth. Fogoth is just an ogre. Does he have a specific sound? that I'm just not aware of? Uh, I don't give a <laughs> Fox 18. What is going on with Spider's inventory? He has an exotic you can trade for 20 exotic engrams. You you have a quest line that you're working on and I can't remember which one it is. You're supposed to buy I forget what it is. It's uh, I, somebody in chat will help me out here. It's for the, um, the my mind just totally blank. Yeah, you're supposed to buy the jerky. Yeah, you're buying the jerky. It's for the Drifter. It's for the Allegiance quest. Hmong Light. Lono, is there a way to track the number of players who ran Menagerie on Monday versus after the fix? Also, do you foresee another change to encourage players to come back in? My clan has stopped running it except for those trying to get the level up to 750. Um, there's no way for me to look at that. I mean, I guess you could look at Charlemagne and see if the numbers have gone down for Menagerie, and then but you'd have to been you'd have to have been looking at Charlemagne's numbers prior to the patch. Charlemagne also only counts people who have synced up with Discord. So it's a very narrow selection. And Tunica. Did you see the recent data mine on Solar Week and a rocket launch components? Which rocket launcher do you think will make a return? Um, everybody's saying Galahorn, but you're all wrong because you know which one it's going to be. It's going to be Dragon's Breath. 100%. I, I, I put money on it. I put five dollars. I'll pay five dollars to one of my kids if I'm wrong. It's gonna be Dragon's Breath. Roman Czar. I wasn't here for the beginning, so I'm sorry if I you already answered this question. Do you think that there will be a more pivot to PvP and hardcore player content, or will it be more toward the casual player? No, 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 no. They're not pivoting toward the casual. If they're leaning into MMO and RPG, that's not a pivot to casual. It's not. 
it's a pivot towards more hardcore but if they keep structuring things like the menagerie and the tribute hall they've got good content right now that actually works for both ends of the spectrum very well so talk to the boss what are your thoughts on power creep especially related to recluse and mountaintop um I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not... This is an area where I can commentate, but I don't have good suggestions here, right? I have good suggestions for certain things, and I'm telling you what, when it comes to power creep like this, I don't really have good suggestions other than to make us leave things behind every 12 months. Um, for the wager, you should give the community subs if you're wrong, and the community should give subs if you're right. If it's Dragon's Breath, you guys have to gift me 10,000 subs. Um, if it's Galahorn and I'm wrong, I'll gift you guys like 10 subs or something. That seems like a fair trade. Uh, Gaming Scrubs. Not sure if this was already asked, but what are your thoughts on the Menagerie chest fix? I've had over 75 Ostringers and never got a god roll. Worried Menagerie will die. Yeah, I don't think it was the right choice. I do think they needed to do something, but it was an overreaction. They should have kept it open until they could do like a middle ground three chest for normal, five chest for, you know, heroic or something. I'm telling you right now, like, there's just... I I couldn't get the gauntlets I wanted. I couldn't get the shotgun I wanted. I was grinding like crazy, and I just... I feel very uninterested in the content now. And it's unfortunate, because it's good content, and it actually is rewarding. They just spoiled us. Heron plays. Now that they've... Now that we've seen the bad juju in the tribute hall, would you think it's fair to say this has been the best season in the annual pass? Fair to say? I think you could probably prove it with just facts. You could probably just add up the content, the intentionality the engagement numbers of the community the loot you could easily make a case that this is the strongest season so far and I said it was going to be but that was an easy prediction to make after we saw Black Armory after we saw Drifter and when we knew that Vicarious Visions was working on this it was the one that was being worked on the longest so when I said this was going to be the strongest season I mean that that was I mean (laughs) that was an easy one to, to speculate on Ashen Hollow Story speculation, feel free to skip if need be. Okay, I'm just going to skip it. I'm just kidding. Do you think we will... We will... Do you think we will... Do you think we, with the coming darkness that the... My gosh, son. Okay. Do you think with the coming darkness that the last city will fall and will move onto the Leviathan? Cows is being awfully welcoming. Huh. Oh, man. I don't know. My brain's really working hard to think through this because what if these statues become the NPCs like the NPCs would stand in front of their statues because you got one for Iron Banner you got one for Zavala you got one for Ikora we got our we got our uh, we got our vaults I don't know man I don't know they could do they could real mm, where would you put Eververse so I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. I don't think they want to remove the social aspect. Because your tribute hall is your own tribute hall. So now that my brain's had time to process it, no. This will not This will not become the new tower. It's not a social space. It's too small for a social space. doesn't make sense as a social space because your tributes are your tributes. It also has a quest launch in it. No. Yeah, no. It's, it's not. That's not going to happen. Southern slang. Do you think Destiny will become an open uh, will become more open with players events? Do you think Destiny will become more open with more players in events, more open world in the future? Not in Destiny 2. 
They can't go more open world until they get out of this engine and get on dedicated servers. This game just doesn't support large areas. And it doesn't support more than, you know, a certain number of people in an area as well. Girl with the golden gun. Which exotic quest do you think was the best and the most rewarding to do? I, I, I've got a soft spot for Outbreak Perfected. It was a great weapon in D1. I was, a, I was one of the people on the front, on the front charge for Outbreak Perfected the day it was in the game. I was one of the first people in there. Like, when you're a part of that event, it really creates a, like, you really like it a lot. I didn't get to be a part of, of Whisper. I was out of town or something. I forget what happened with Whisper. But Outbreak Perfected was really, really cool. As soon as the Catalyst was in the API, we were searching, we were looking, we were like, oh my gosh, it has to be in the game right now. You know, we were all trying to get in there, we were all trying to get it done. Um, being one of the first people to, to, we were the first people to two-man the boss, like that was neat. Um, I was in the hospital for Whisper, yep, that's exactly right. Yeah, I was in the hospital because of my appendix. Yep, that's why I missed out on Whisper. So, it was hard to care about Whisper at that point. Other than when we finally went for it, it was ridiculous. Cabal, again, Ghostface. Not sure if asked, but do you think Bungie trolled us by having us use up our various materials to buy the tributes? They didn't troll you. They just, if you were greedy and didn't read and didn't study and just started, like, dumping your currency into this guy, then, you know, you you got bled dry as a hardcore player. The non-hardcore players were probably like, man, this is going to take too long. How am I going to get it done? Maybe they did a little bit more research, a little bit more reading, and then they're able to uh, slowly work on the discount, you know? And Tunica, do you think it's feasible for them to update new light moving forward to a new engine dedicated service? No, absolutely not. This isn't happening. There's literally no way. There's no conceivable way that anything in September will be new engine dedicated servers. It's just not, it's just not happening. Um, you weren't in the hospital for Whisper. You were for Shattered Throne. Whisper was in July, started on the weekend because of public event Friday, Sunday. Oh, that's right. Because I remembered that video I made for Cabal again. And like, I did like my Fortnite things voice and said, this is Destiny things. Yeah, I didn't miss out on Whisper. Didn't Whisper start in the evening? And I already shut down my stream because T-Rex was one of the first people in there. Sam was one of the first people in there and he streams in the evenings. I had already shut down. I think Whisper happened on like a Friday late evening early afternoon or something. That's what happened. I was in another game or something and I was like, that's fine, I'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what happened. Outbreak Perfected was amazing because like the minute we knew that the, that the, that the pinnacle, I'm, I'm sorry, that the, the Catalyst was in the game, we were like, oh my gosh, let's go. Let's get in there. Let's do it. And we were looking for it. And that was really fun. That was really fun. Telefonisa, a bit off topic. Uh, but the more I listen, the more I hear it. Dedicated servers would do what to the game at hand? Can you elaborate? Okay, so whenever you go into a game like World of Warcraft or Elder Scrolls Online, and there's these big, huge open areas, and there's tons of people, there's all sorts of stuff going on. That is is possible because most of that's being housed on a dedicated server run you know the back end um the back end is 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 the it's the backbone about all of that dedicated servers also protects you from ddos makes connections better etc the easiest thing you can you can look at is fortnite look at fortnite 
I can, right now, I could go into Fortnite, I could land in Pleasant Park, and I could run all the way across map to Paradise Palms. There's no instancing, there's no reloading. I'm just there. And while I'm there, there's people in Paradise Palms fighting. It's just this massive, huge area with stuff going on. You need dedicated servers to do that. You can't house people on peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer means it's somebody as the host. So when you drive your Sparrow from you know, the, from, from some other part of the EDZ and you drive it into Trostland. That's why there's a loading screen sometimes. That's why once you get close enough, you suddenly see people appear. You're connecting to whoever's hosting that area at that time. And if there's nobody hosting that area, it takes a second because it's going to make you the host. So then other people are connecting to you who are in your region, who are trying to go into Trostland at that moment. XPZ is tribute hall what the frick that's not how you spell it a sneak peek at the personal social space similar to warframe maybe do you think cattles for wave splitter in september maybe wave splitters coming to everybody in september no more no more console no more platform specific items after september so it's not going to happen you know they're they're not going to do that anymore they've, they've been very very uh, clear on that um and Telefonisa says, so that would allow us to, to move all around without having to spawn. Precisely. Think of it like this. Think of it like this. When you're playing on the Xbox peer-to-peer, someone has to be the host for a given area. And being the host for a given area, your internet connection and your Xbox ain't going to support hundreds of connections or even like 20-something connections in a really huge, large open area. But when it's all housed on a dedicated server, the dedicated server is determining when the sun sets, when the moon comes out, when the ads spawn, when when this happens, when that happens. It's running all of that, all of that programming, and it's it's basically when you're moving from point A to B, that information between server and client is communicated, and then it's also then communicated between all the other people too, so that other people can see, oh, that guy just ran from there to there. But when it's client to host it's just different it's far more restricted because it's limited by your internet speed if you got booty cheeks internet and everybody's connecting to you it's going to be laggy the, the area is going to be weird ads aren't going to take damage all that stuff right all that stuff is going to be limited by the person that you're connecting to so peer-to-peer is outdated it is it is not what big open world rpg games use right now because it's technologically restrictive but when they made this game and started building it you know it was meant to launch 2013 so they probably started working on this game in like 20 2010 2009 2009 2010 okay when they were working on it back then i don't think they had a concept of this this morphing into a hobbyist mmo open world game so they went with a tiger engine which is what they built halo in they went with peer-to-peer because it 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 helped them sort of simulate open areas but not have to like create back-end integrations and work with somebody for you know for for dedicated servers they had also parted ways with microsoft so they would have had to find their own dedicated server solution instead of just using dedicated servers as a back-end with microsoft the way they did with halo so that's the reason why, and that's why Destiny, for Destiny 3, if they're going to build it and launch it on the new consoles and really want people to take it serious, new engine, dedicated servers, 
it's really they really got to blow the lid off and what they're doing now with destiny 2 is building the framework the logistical framework of how the grind loop pursuit and you know leveling and stats and perks and all of that that's what they're working on now like dedicated servers and a new engine is is great but that doesn't determine how often you should get loot how many perks should be on a gun how much stats should be on armor how do you create dynamic and complex boss fights like that all can be done within this framework and then you dump that framework into a bigger larger world with dedicated servers and you're talking about the greatest MMO to ever exist it doesn't exist right now but it could it really really could because it would be everywhere can you imagine cross play all consoles large open worlds dedicated servers with the seamlessness of the of how like Dauntless is when you want to play with other people on other platforms I mean I just I can't even fathom it that game would be Destiny 3 if it can land the plane that I just described it would be phenomenal it'd be so hard to rival it as a title they could if they play their cards right build the greatest loot pursuit looter shooter MMO to ever exist they could I believe that they could do it because right now they're working on the internal quality of the loot pursuit, the grind, the content loop, and then you then you bring you bring the quality of Deddies and open world and a new engine that can that can deliver more content, more updates, quicker content, quicker updates. It would be undeniable. It would be undeniable. I mean, D two is getting amazing right now with a restricted technological platform right i mean they're 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 banging on a lot of cylinders they're really doing a great job with d2 and they're insanely limited they're insanely limited and they're just they're doing an amazing job so think of what they could do if they change the back-end quality the back-end dev tools the back-end engine the back-end service like (laughs) think of what they could do if they did that you know and this was the theory that i pieced together the other day was that Imagine if right now they have a thousand people. Let's just make it easy to picture in our minds. If there's a thousand people at Bungie and they slice off a hundred to start building the dev tools and and the game in Unreal, the Unreal Engine, you slice off a hundred people to do that. And over the next year, they work on that. And that's all they work on. And you got 900 people working on D2. You could slowly slide that scale to where more and more people from, you know, department leads, department department engineers start going over and learning how to do their job in Unreal for Destiny. You start sliding that scale down to where it's like split 60-40. 600 people are working on Destiny 2. 400 people have migrated over to working on Destiny 3 in the Unreal Engine. You could really start to slide that scale down and build Destiny 3 in a new engine built for dedicated servers with all the logistical internal quality that they've established in Destiny 2 with all that they've been doing lately. And again, they would be an unrivaled looter shooter. No one could rival them. Not even Borderlands. And Borderlands isn't necessarily trying to rival. Borderlands is trying to build another Borderlands with like the linear loop Diablo feel. And this could be the best looter shooter hobbyist game in existence. It already kind of is, in my opinion. Like, come September, this will be a better looter shooter than Division 2. That's opinion, but I don't think Division 2 landed the end game plane very well. Um, now, I'm not basing that off of Twitch. I'm basing that off of reviews. I'm basing that off of community feedback. I think Destiny's about to, to climb back on top and be the king looter shooter. And people are like, well, what about Borderlands 3? And it's like, they're very different. They're very different. I think you're going to have you're gonna have the king and queen on the chessboard, right? 
think about it you're gonna have the king and queen on the chessboard come september because they both play very differently in in the game of chess right they play very differently but they're gonna be the top dogs for looter shooter come september so ak lup uh has lona worked for dev teams before i worked for a, a development company for an entire year and studied development studied python uh studied database integrations and, and system integrations and and i so i understand some of the basics of like agile development and project management and why some things you know you can have all the best engineers you can have all the best developers in the world it doesn't matter you gotta have good project management and Anthem is testimony for that some of the best engineers, some of the best developers, some of the best teams in the world and Bioware just failed to make a game effectively and it came down to project management more than anything A Club says, do you think that they should allow communication with other fire teams in public spaces like the EDZ and other places like that proximity chat is dangerous opt in, you know you don't want to make people opt out, the first time that happened to me in Elder Scrolls Online, I had to listen to some idiot sing while I fumbled with the menu to like mute him, so if you're gonna do like automatic proximity chat, you gotta make it real easy for me to mute some idiot doucher who's like yelling or cussing or playing his 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 loud metal country rap music, whatever. Um, if he's playing, you know, his stupid loud music through his headphones, I, I I literally cannot stand people like that. Like you are you are literally a douche. Like no one wants to play video games with you. Um, I just I I don't want to have to listen to that. I want to be able to mute that that mental, like, mental tiny-brained person very quickly. Sasquatch. How do you feel about open... How oh, oh, how do you feel about how open Bungie is with the revealing most quest exotics? Do you prefer how Random Outbreak and Whisper was? Or are you fine with finding out about the weapon through the roadmap, Triumph, or Ornaments? I I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Your Doomslayer says, Do you think the raid weapon should have a smaller perk pool by eliminating the bad rolls, have enhanced versions of the perks that already exist, more incentive to run the raids? Uh, Raid loot in general is terrible, nothing distinct or cool about it. Arguably, most of the weapons in Crown of Sorrows are literal trash, so that should just not be a sentence that can be uttered. Raid weapons should be unique and powerful, and they haven't been since Wrath of the Machine. Don't at me. Cruxley, Do you think Bungie learned from the mistakes with D2 launch? Or worry that they might have leave behind some quality of life changes. No, absolutely not. No. Nope. Luke Smith's answer during the Jeff Keighley interview was, we are not focusing on Destiny 3 right now. Our focus is Destiny 2 and Shadowkeep. They're working on their Division 1.8. Right? Get everything exactly how it should be and create your springboard framework for Destiny 3. This is why I believe a small team could be working on building the dev tools and the game in in the Unreal Engine because they're not building the game yet. They're not building your loot paths, your perk pools, your boss fights, anything. They're just they're just working on this like the scaffolding structure dev tools, etc. And and when I, I pre-interviewed Bungie at E3, talked to Deej, he said, we are not talking about Destiny 3. It's not even a focus right now. He said the exact same thing that Luke Smith said. So he echoed what Luke Smith said. That's not the focus. And that's probably a good thing. That's probably a really, really good thing. We don't want them to focus on that. We want them to get the core game right. Because you can end up with that, oh man, in the last six months, we learned seven different things that have been implemented to the quality of life and the loot grind in Destiny 2, and those things now need shoved into Destiny 3. Well, we're already working on Destiny 3. We didn't know you guys were going to do X, Y, and Z with the perk pool, with this, with that, with blah, blah, blah. Now we got to shove that into Destiny 3. 
if they can get this next year right they do one more year exactly like it in destiny 2 and then they just apply that to destiny 3 think about that with me shadow keep and then the three the three annual pieces after it if they get that right then they do it one more time in destiny 2 and we get the taken queen next year which we might get the dreadnought this year like how we got the dreaming city and the tangled shore we might get the moon and the dreadnought but we might not if they nail this they hold the taken queen in their pocket next year instead of shadow keep we get the taken queen the dreadnought returns savathun returns you do three more annual pass you do three more pass pieces after that and that gets you to 2021 for destiny 3 i don't know if that's enough time though that's a that's a very short window to develop destiny 3 truth be told that's that's barely a year that's like a year and a half I don't know if that's enough time now if you got new dev tools and a new engine it's more agile and your efficiency is quicker their core game launch of Destiny 3 could be really solid with the understanding that they can add things later the way they have done after Shadowkeep and after as I'm speculating Taking Queen but again I just there's a lot of question marks there man there's a lot of question marks how in the world are you going to build Destiny 3 in a year and a half you know they could be building the foundations. I think they're building the foundations right now for Destiny 3. I think they have a team working on it. I don't know. It's just a gut feeling that I have. They're not building Destiny 3. They're not focusing on it. But I believe they have a team building this game in another engine. I just have a feeling that that's what they're doing. You can't launch on the next generation of consoles with the, with the, I just don't think you can do it. I don't think you can. Too much is going to happen in the next 12 to 18 months with respect to consoles and and their quality and expectations of the of the of the gaming community uh iroha seeing as though you now have the bad juju already what do you think they will put in the gap at the end of the season well the, the triumph's not over for everybody a lot of people are going to slow walk moments of triumph and then there's then there's solstice of heroes so they're not done with this season there's a lot of more things coming for it so if you're here right now and you've never been here before and you've enjoyed this conversation i appreciate you being here i'm gonna keep streaming you can click that follow button that's the little heart button appreciate you guys doing that that's a free way to support me i do these all the time i'm gonna do a little outro here for those that listen in the other locations if you're listening on itunes google play spotify or watching on youtube you can probably catch me live right now twitch.tv say no to rage that's with all my content appreciate you listening and watching please like share and subscribe i